As you're praying in the spirit, I believe that your ear gates are being opened up wider. I believe that your eye gates are being opened up wider. As you pray in the spirit, I believe that your heart is being liberated. Hey, lift your voice and pray. Ikande palie zonta, yantani me pa. Ikondi ma zontie, yantani me palie. Ikonda zonta ni me pa, ranta ni me palalabosha. Yanteri etoria, ikande palie zonta, yantiri biliatoya. Ipande palalabosha ntaya, yantele berele me pa. Ipandi biliatosia, yantele me perele me pa. Rima palie zontele me pe, la pando mando mando ma. Hey, I feel a presence of the Lord ascending upon us this morning. I see the presence of the Lord ascending upon us this morning. The exploits of the Spirit are about to embark on our lives through the teaching ministries of the servants of God. Hey, Ya shonteba yentelebe perelebeto riba balobo santa yantelebe perelebeso riba bo sante ricalia zonte ya paralabos riba polia zonta la paralabosha let there be lifted voices here lifted voices here lifted voices here lifted voices here ya kalie ya kalie ya kalie ya kalie ya kalie where are the voices of the believers? Where are the voices of the spiritual? Yan telebere, lo manzomie, lo paliepa, yan tanimepa, i kalieso, yan tanimepa, lon taliepa, i kandomazonta, i kandomazonta, i kandomazonta. There's power in this language. There's power in this language. Leka, 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 leka. Yande, 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 yande. You may not feel it, but something is happening on the inside of you. You are being aligned with the Spirit of God. You are being aligned with the mind of God. You are being aligned with the will of God. You are being aligned with the Word of God, with the leading of the Spirit. You are being aligned. 
aligned. You are being placed in order. Your mind and thoughts are brought into order by praying in the Holy Ghost. Your heart, your heart's conditions are being brought in alignment with that of the Word of God. Pray and lift your voice in the name of Jesus. Let the Spirit of God arrest your mind. Let the Spirit of God arrest your thoughts. Let the Spirit of God arrest the activities of your heart in the name of Jesus. Let there not be an opening or for the enemy to creep in. The Bible talks about the creeping things that spoils the vine. The teaching may be good, but if there are creeping things, it will spoil the teachings. If there are creeping things, it will spoil the doctrines of loyalty. Hey, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 The Bible says. Hallelujah. I tell you, I sense a glorious presence coming in our midst this morning. I can't hear you. I say I sense a glorious presence coming in our midst. And I believe that this morning the power of God will be demonstrated by the ministry of teaching. I say the power of God this morning will be manifested by the ministry of teaching. Hallelujah. You know, our father, the bishop, teaches that one of his greatest exploits through which his ministry has been delivered to the world, has been the office of a teacher. Hallelujah. And I know that in modern Christianity, the office of the teacher has been despised. And other offices have been elevated. But I want you to know that the office of a teacher brings stability. It brings establishment to whatever is being constructed. Because there's no use to building something that does not have any establishment in its roots. Hallelujah. I don't think that you want to build a house that has not have any foundation in it. Because that house will definitely not last. Hallelujah. But the teaching ministry, the, the fundamental part of the teaching ministry is to ensure establishment. Hallelujah. Is to ensure establishment. Amen. And so over the past two days, this being the last day, we have been at the feet of the teaching ministry. Hallelujah. You know, the Bible says that, in the Psalms that be still and know that I am God. Hallelujah. And on the first day, Bishop Clufio started off by sharing with us that 
before we can even talk about loyalty, we have to consider loyalty to God first. Amen and amen. And I want to make sure that this morning we get the proper opportunity to be ministered to, especially on the last day. Because I believe that there's going to be a glorious outpouring of the power and the presence of God in our midst. Hallelujah. Be still and know that I am God. Hallelujah. There is even a song about that. Be still and know. Be still and know that I'm God. And we have thought of that scripture in the sense of be quiet. Or even on a rough way, shut up. Amen. But there's more to that scripture. Hallelujah. To be still means that everything that will prevent you from knowing God should go silent. Yes. Everything should go silent. Hallelujah. And this morning, I want us to pray that as the servants of God come and minister to us, that our situations and life around us will be still. Because many of us, you may have come here and left some work at the office or left a project undone or left something somewhere. And so you may be here but be absent in spirit because your mind constantly runs to what you are supposed to have done, what you are supposed to have finished. Hallelujah. But this morning, I want us to pray that let us become still in his presence. Why? So that we may know God. You see, when there's too much activity and too much busyness in the thought, in the mind, in our hearts, the ability to know God, sometimes even you may have quiet time, but because you're so busy with other things on your phone, on this, you don't get the proper opportunity to know God, who you should know that morning. Because there's no stillness, there's no silence, there's no calmness, there's no peace. Amen. But this morning, I want us to pray that, Lord, as I'm here, I am here. I'm not here and there. I'm not at two places at the same time. Hallelujah. My heart is here. My mind is here. My spirit is here. Because I've said that you can be present in the building, but absent in his presence. Hallelujah. And so this morning, we want to call everything into, in our lives to, to be still, to shut down, to be quiet. Even if it's a stressful issue, command it this morning to be silent. Stressful things, be silent. Confusion, be silent. Uncertainty, be silent. Anything about your ministry, anything that makes you question, be silent. Be quiet. I want to know God through this teaching. Because in every teaching of the word, you will find and discover God. May you discover the God of loyalty this morning. And on final day, lift up your voices and begin to pray. Pray and commit yourself in the presence of the Lord. Father, we thank you for this morning. We bring ourselves to a standstill. We call on things to come to a standstill. Things we've left at home. Things we've left in our offices. Construction works. We call them to order in your presence. Business works. We call them to order in your presence. We call marital issues to order. Ministerial issues to order. Financial issues to order. Anything that needs to be solved, we'll see them hereafter. But right now, right here, it is your presence that matters. It's your presence. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. We give you praise. We give you glory. And we give you all the honor. 
In Jesus' mighty name. Everything they're trying. Hallelujah. Just to make it. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this morning we are blessed one more time. For those of us who have been here from, the, from day one, we know that it opened up a can of worms. Opened up on hot fire. Hallelujah. By paying attention to God's loyalty first. Amen and amen. Very provocative message, but a very, very important message in true Christianity. Hallelujah. And that message was brought by none other than our father in the region, Bishop Emmanuel Crufio. And this morning, he's going to start us again. I want you to put your hands together, clap for the Lord, and welcome the servant of God as he comes and ministers and bless unto us. Hallelujah. speaker, Bishop E. A. Tisaki, and uh, we consider it a great privilege to have you. I believe the Lord by his spirit would give to you that for which he brought you into this conference. Amen. Like Reverend Vuyo said, yesterday I touched on the subject of loyalty and how that is very important. It is very important because, you see, the Lord will not depend on people that he cannot rely on. Because the Bible says that confidence in an unfaithful man in a day of trouble is like a tooth out of the joint. Now, if you have ever happened to chew on a tooth by mistake, that it's a bit wobbly in your mouth, you will know what I'm talking about. It has happened to me a few times where the tooth is not stable and uh, you forgot to keep out of range. You know, sometimes when the food is very nice and one side of the mouth is saying, I'm tired, you naturally toss it to the other side and you discover that, ah, ah, there's a trouble here. And that is, that is what an unfaithful person is. And therefore, and therefore, if we are going to receive the power of God to accomplish the work that he has called us to, then we need to be judged and found faithful by God, not by man. We need to be found faithful in every area. Because he will, you see, I may not know who you are. And I may judge you or assess you based on, first of all, the knowledge that I have and then also based on what I have. No, I think I'm okay. Yeah, it's going to echo. Based on how much of you I know. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. My assessment of you 
is based on my knowledge of what is good or whichever criteria I want to assess you on. And secondly, how much I am able to pick up from my observation of you. So my assessment of you would always be far less and would be, please, please don't disturb when I'm, when I'm preaching, just sit down. My assessment of you may be far less accurate. Let me say, let me give it, but not so with God. Not so with God. You see, the Lord knows them that are his. And the Lord knows us through and through. Are you with me? So we must be found in the eyes of God to be reliable. You see, we must be found in the eyes of God to be faithful. And you know, sometimes, sometimes the person that will be faithful to God's message is not the person that will be approved by men. And you see, sometimes that's why we get confused the verses God uses. Because we, you see, we are assessing the person based on our knowledge of what is good. And, and I submit to you that your knowledge of what is good is very limited. It's very limited. Because you know in part, so how can your knowledge of very, what is good be exhausted? It's very limited. You know, I mean, whatever you, I mean, even in our growing up, one thing that we said, oh, this is okay, we grew up to find out, ah, how could we have even made such a choice? Are you with me? But not so with God. And therefore, my prayer is that as by the time we leave this conference, there should be a journey of faithfulness to God. Faithfulness to God. We should start a journey. We may not arrive, but at least start a journey of faithfulness, loyalty to God. Because if we are loyal, or when we are loyal to God, he would give us all that we would ever need to accomplish his will and his purpose. And in the process, every form of blessing that you could ever imagine for your life will come to pass in your life. Hallelujah. So I pray. And, and so in, in beginning the, the meeting, I want us to turn to 2 Timothy chapter 2 to just buttress the point I'm saying, that's all. Normally I say what I want to say, I explain it, then I give you the scripture that I'm, talk, I'm explaining, not the other way around. Did you get it? It says, therefore, my son, that's Paul writing to Timothy, therefore, my son, it's good to have a father. It's good to have a father. It's good to belong. It's good to have somebody who helps you and directs you and says that, go here, go there. And, and it's, it's very helpful because starting life without a helper, it's, it's not easy. Satan will meet you up at every step. He said, thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ. The grace that is in Christ. The, the unmerited help and favor that is in Christ. Verse 2. 
And the things that thou hast heard of me, the things you have heard of me in different meetings and in different places, the same, don't change it. Don't change it. Don't, don't attempt to change it to be great. In fact, your greatness is actually hidden in your ability to commit what you have heard the same thing to others. Because, you see, the work of Satan is for you to distort the message. So your ability to, to take it as you have received it and not change it and present it is actually an act of greatness. It's like, it's, an, it's, a, it's, a, it's a very, but the funny thing is that in this world, what is great to the world or what is great to God the world doesn't honor it as being great. So everybody says, I want to be original. Do you get it? Everybody says, I want to be original. John the Baptist was not original. He worked in the anointing of Elijah. Yeah, Jesus said, if you receive it, Elijah has already come. Mm-hmm. So it's a, there's nothing new under the sun. So let's stop trying to be new under the sun. Because in the process, we get into all sorts of troubles. They say the same, the things that are heard of among many women, the same commit thou to faithful men, to not, not unfaithful men. Don't commit it to unfaithful men. Commit it to loyal, loyal, dependable, reliable people. And they will be able to teach others also. Verse 3. I'm reading a little bit of passage because sometimes also, you know, as much as we are pastors and church people, we don't read enough of the scriptures. So it's nice to just read the Bible just for reading's sake. See, when you hear it and hear it, it brings faith because faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So every opportunity we have, we should not always go straight to the verse we want. Just, just read a little bit to create, because the words are spirit. So that to create the presence of the Lord. So don't be in a rush. Me, sometimes when I, I'll, I'm going to verse 20, I'll start from verse 1. And I will not rush. I read it slowly. Because a lot of people don't understand the Bible because they read it too fast. Some years ago, somebody told me that. And I started reading it slowly. Like I'm mentally retarded. <laughs> and all of a sudden, I started understanding it. Because what happens is that when you read fast, you don't stop to think about it. And therefore, you don't hear the Holy Spirit giving you a revelation. But when you read slowly, you say, ah, I understand what he's saying. And in most books also, but particularly the Bible, don't read it too fast. Just take your time and read it slowly. Amen. It says, thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Christ. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life. The reason is that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. Well, is it, I mean, this is the advice a person that was faithful to the service of God and the ministry of Jesus Christ is given to his son that as a minister, as a servant of Christ, 
Don't entangle yourself with the affairs of this life. Well, I don't know whether we listened to this advice or we thought it was for Timothy, but it doesn't apply to us. Because most of us are so engrossed with the affairs of this life to the extent that that has become our main message. Do you get it? I mean, if you like, do a search of various pastors and check their messages and see what dominates the messages. It has to do with the affairs of this life. Somehow we feel that we are wiser than Jesus. We need to attend, use the power that he has given us to attend to the betterment of the lives of the people. So we don't even preach. We don't, I mean, something like suffering is part of your Christian work. We don't say it. We, we, we try to give messages that tries to eliminate suffering and bring comfort. But you see, if Satan knows that you are not willing to suffer, then all he has to do is to continue to bring issues upon issues in your life and your mind will go off your, the gospel. But if you are willing to suffer, you become a difficult soldier to handle. Because the guy has dented, I mean, the guy has dented your car and it doesn't bother you. And you are still driving to him. Say, hey, as long as the engine is working, we are moving. Most of us as pastors is, is entangling ourselves with the affairs of this life. That has made Satan re- reduce our, our efficiency. Entangling us. Because a lot of us are in debt. Especially those of us in South Africa, because in other parts of the world, credit is not readily available. Do you get it? So even if you want to be, you can't. <laughs> Do you get it? Credit, but it's also it's getting it's coming up there small, small. But by and large, here we don't pray, we just get an ID and a bank statement or pay slip, and we get everything we need. You see, in other places, you pray for a car. You pray for everything. In here, we don't pray. You need your ID and your pay slip. Do you get it? And it's, it's made us poor. Most of our church members are poor. Because the Bible has said that the borrower is a slave to the lender. It's sitting there black and white but we ignore it and we, yeah. It's because, you see, we have preached the wrong thing as prosperity. We have preached the wrong thing as prosperity. So, in so doing, they have also had a high appetite for it and in the absence of the miracle power to provide it, they just go the way that has been provided for, that Satan has provided for the for the system. Borrow, borrow, borrow. So most of our Christians are in debt. They, they can't say they will not work to go and serve the Lord. No, they can't say it. I mean, I'm blessed in that I came from a very poor background. So it's like going back there is not a problem.
said, ah, what's the big deal? I mean, it's like, it's my children that I pray for. Because they have not experienced what I experienced. So, if life throws them a challenge in their walk with God, a challenge of going very low, I don't know whether they will survive, but as for me, oh. I mean, I can, I can pick a taxi here and go wherever I need to go. Because that's what I've done all my life. Do you get it? Uh-huh. And, and I'm not in a hurry to change anything. I'm not in a hurry to change anything. It's, it's, someone says to me, when you start this, like, what's the fuss? Because this is what I'm used to. This is what I'm used to. A simple, ordinary life. If the car can go forward, that's all it ne- I need. If the car can go forward, that's all I need because I'm a forward goer. Anyway, please go back to go back to where we were. And if any man also strive for masteries, yet he is not crowned except he strive lawfully. Let's read on. The husband man that labors must first be partaker of the fruits. Consider what I say, and the Lord give thee understanding in all things. Remember that Christ or Jesus Christ of the seed of David was raised from the dead according to my gospel. It's like it's an important fact in the gospel. Wherein I suffer trouble as an evildoer, even unto bonds, but the word of God is not bound. You may bind me you may put me into prison, but the word of God can never be in prison. Therefore, I endure all things for the sake or for the elect's sake, that they also may obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. You see, that is why we must teach our people properly to, to accept to accept that if they will be faithful to God, there is a price to pay. You, get it? You, you cannot be faithful to God and hold on to the world and all that the world has to offer you. You, get it? you cannot be faithful to God and hold on to the world and all that it has to offer you. That is why John said, love not the world neither the things that are in the world. When Jesus was departing, he said, Father, they they are not of the world, as I am not of the world. Keep them from the evil that is in the world. But we as pastors preach our people to love the world. So when you preach them to love the world, it becomes almost impossible to give up the world and what the world has to offer for them to be found faithful. Because Paul says that I suffer and my suffering is so that those for whom salvation is destined would receive it. You see, when Peter was described by Jesus as Satan, what was at stake that Peter was saying to Jesus, you cannot go through it, was pain and suffering and dying on the cross. You see, sometimes when I read the Bible, I say, ah, 
But Jesus said, at, at a point, he said, of what shall befall me in Jerusalem and on the third day I shall rise again. But it looks like they didn't hear the, the third day rising. You see, the suffering and things was so, they are against it that they didn't even hear the final outcome. He was not saying he's going to die forever, but he was just going to die for a short time. But they were, they were not prepared, whether three days or three years. I'm sure they know about to the Lord, a day is as a thousand years. So they said, hey, three days can mean three thousand years. We'll be dead by then. We, 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 don't, we can't take our chances. Are you with me? But let me tell you something. Unless we teach the gospel properly, that is not a gospel of enjoyment and comfort in this world, but it's a gospel of suffering, self-denial for the sake. You see, you don't self-deny to go to heaven. No. The self-denial is not to go to heaven. The self-denial is for the sake of others who must hear the gospel. Do, do you get it? Yeah. Because if we don't do that, because, listen, if I was working in a hospital, how would I be here? And probably by now, I would have been a specialist with my own, I mean, whatever it is. So to be here three days is almost like 300,000. Yeah, because most specialists, when they see a patient, depending on the field, of operation. When they see a patient, by the time you are out of their consulting room, at least 3,000 will be gone off your medical aid. And most of them see about 30 to 40 patients a day, apart from the ward rounds and other, if they are in the surgical field, they do operations and things. So for, for, the, for a good specialist whose practice is working, three days not going to work is almost about 300,000 lost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's almost about 300,000 lost. Are you with me? But, but if, if I'm not willing to lose that, how can I be a preacher of the gospel? How can I be a preacher of the gospel? So you see, please go back to the earlier verse. Just the verse 10. It says, I, 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 I endure. If we suffer, if we suffer, no, oh, please, don't go forward. Go back. I know I go forward, but this time I want to go back. <laughs> Therefore, I endure all things for the elect's sake. I, I don't need to endure all things to go to heaven. Because as for the heaven, it's my faith in Jesus Christ that has brought me my salvation and the ticket to go to heaven. Are you with me? But for the sake of others that must join in. Do you get it? I have to endure all things so that they can also get what was paid for them. But is that, is that the goal of the church today? No. So you see, we, we don't teach our people the truth that is in the gospel. That is not a gospel of comfort. But it's a gospel of pain, suffering, willingness to see the good of others, to express love. And therefore, as they have become Christians, 
as for heaven, is rest assured for them because of their faith in Jesus. But if it was all about heaven, Jesus would be like a fisherman, not with a fish net, but with a, a hook. When he catches the fish, throws it straight to heaven, and then throws again. That's what he'll be doing. What's the point in leaving us here on earth after being born again when the chance of backsliding is high? And, 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 and you see, hanging around here on earth is not a necessity to go to heaven. It's like when you are born again, you need to be incubated on earth for a while. Because a thief on the cross didn't, was not incubated. When he got born again, he was on his way. He said, today, today, today we are straight. So, I mean, being here on earth after being born again is not a prerequisite to go to heaven. And, and listen, leaving somebody who is born again today here, most of them backslide because Satan gets them back into the water. So if it is wisdom, if it's all about going to heaven, then listen, Jesus, hear me and hear me well. Just the day the person gets born again, send them over. If you feel that the people will be afraid of being born again, send two or three people that got born again and they came over. Send them down to come and speak to their relatives. Have a vision. Open, let them see heaven. They'll be very happy. Everybody will say, come and take us, come and take us. Are you with me? Yeah. You see, because, because we don't teach what we have to teach, the people don't hear what they have to hear. And therefore, we are found not to do what we need to do. Will you please, can you help me? Church planting. You see, most pastors, because we are unfaithful, we, we are not raising up people to start churches all over. Do you get it? Church planting. If we are, you see, what happens with obedience is that when you set out to obey God or any instruction that is given, in the process, you discover many needs. You, you, you discover many needs. You see, the books that have been written, all these books, it's, it will never be useful to you unless you set out to obey the great commission go ye into all the world and preach the gospel unless unless you are, you want to obey it you will not find need it's almost like if you give me a stethoscope right now the thing that we used we used to listen to the chest and the heart of people if you give it to me now as i'm preaching it's of no use to me because i'm not listening to anybody's heart or anybody's it. but if i set out to be a, so as a pastor a stethoscope is of no use to me. Do you get it? But as a doctor, if I sit now and I start, yes, what's your problem? Headache, this is, how long have you been? And I start, then the stethoscope will be of use to me. And I find that these books are of use to people who have set out to obey God. Because it is when you set out to obey God and plant churches that Satan will want to bring confusion in your midst. Because when you plant churches, you have to, everybody is looking out, depending on you. Like Paul, he has to write to the Ephesians, he had to write to the Corinthians, he had to write to the Galatians, he had to write to the Thessalonians, and he had to visit all of them because he has planted all of them. So it's the care of the churches. 
So then when somebody writes a book on how to care for the churches, then that is the only time the book will be relevant to you. Are, are you with me? Yeah. These books are not, you see, at the end of the day, you, what, what it is is that when you obey God, you will have all that you need in this world and you will have it in abundance. That one, I, I wish I could lie to you. I wish I could lie to you, but even in my short experience of obeying God or doing what my spiritual father tells me to do, you get I can see that ah, you you are nothing. There's no miracle in your life in terms of this person is rising, walking. This person, all those things. I see, people say it, but I don't know how true they are. But they say it that oh, you prayed for me, and this I said okay. <laughs> me, my duty is just to obey God. But in so doing, I can see that I'm able to do things with ease. I'm able to do things with ease. We sat at a hotel in Durban and Bishop said, buy this place. That's what he said, buy it. Within eight months, we bought it and paid for it. And it's not like Money was sent from Ghana or elsewhere to this place. No, no, no. It's just a simple church. A church that we started as students' churches. As students. The church was students. In 97, we started a church as students. Young, young people. This one got born again in the church. As a student. Were you in school then? Or you were just had finished? You were supposed to be in school, but you were doing something else. <laughs> this guy... He and his brother. You get oh, sit down, sit down, please. He was supposed to be in school. He and his brother. They were doing foolish things. But you see, just by doing what the Lord said we should do, and they were sent to Namibia to go and take over a church that had started. Last Sunday, the brother, his younger brother, the pastor who is there, they gathered 500 people. Do you get it? So all of a sudden, when you obey God, you just do, you see his power at work. And you do things with ease. Because if you have several churches, you are just obeying. You say, church planting, we are starting, starting. If you need one million, you don't, you see, you, may, you don't have to have the one million at your center. You say, hey, how much do you have there? Bring your hundred. I bring my two hundred. Before you realize, one million is provided without going to the bank. Because that's how the bank gives you the money anyway. That's how the bank gives you the money. They collect from everybody and they give it to you. Ah, oh, you don't know. <laughs> so wh- why do you want to go to the bank when you can do what they do? Why do you have to go to the bank and be a slave to them when you can do what they do? Because it's just, yeah, it's a small church. It's not a, it's not a problem. So what happens is that when you obey God, when you need money, because you are obedient and you are doing what it says, going into other worlds, you will find out that you have a lot of small, small monies that can be put together to do the big money you need. So easy. You don't even need one particular person that now the person is leading a very bad life, but because they give offering, 
you, you, you can't talk. You preach. If he likes you get out of the church. And, and one day, one day, that same person will say, I'm, Pastor, I'm very happy. You always tell me the truth. And mind you, people who are rich, they don't give. No, 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 no. Rich people don't give. Because it takes a certain heart to be able to give well. Do you get it? It takes a certain heart. Like Paul said, they gave not as we expected, but they first gave themselves. A person who can't give themselves to God can never give well. So if you are teaching and preaching your people into getting money, don't think when they get money, they'll give it to you. No, they won't give you to do the work of God. No, because you see, to get money, most people give their hearts to money and their energy and their effort. So at the end, when they get their money, they are not willing to give it to God. That is why the rich man whose field gave a great increase and he was faced with storage and what to do. His response was not, I need to so check with the one who's, who, who gives me my soul, whose soul I have. No, no, no. He says, I will build, I know what to do. I will break down my bands and build a big band. And, feel, and I will say to my soul, Shall it be at ease and just relax and enjoy the goodies? Dig it. And then the Lord said, Thou fool, thy soul will I require from thee. And we shall see who's old. Most people, when you preach them into money, 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 what happens is that when they get the money, that's if they get the money. If, because most people don't. If they get the money, they won't give it to you. So instead of always preaching about money, 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 preach the gospel and raise the people to serve God with their lives. You see, when they do that, God will prosper them even in their small, small circular work. They will prosper. And they, you see, because, because you have preached them into serving God with their lives, everything they have would easily come to God. Are you with me? So let us not be wise in our own conceit. Church planting. Let's train the people. You see, me, when I see my church members, I see people to start churches. So all my preaching is, is towards giving yourself to God. Yeah, you can ask them. I didn't start preaching like that when I became full-time. I've been preaching like that even when I was working for God. I was a lay person. I was working as a doctor and preaching the church. Yeah. Because the truth is the truth. It doesn't matter where you stand. I mean, giving your life to God is the highest wisdom you can express. Giving your life to God is is the highest wisdom you can express. Because you are giving your life to somebody who doesn't have the ability to lose it. Did you hear what I said? I said, giving your life to God is the highest wisdom 
you can walk in. Reason. You are giving your life to somebody who does not have the ability to lose it. It's a scripture. I said it's a scripture. So instead of preaching your people into, yeah, you, God is going to raise you promotion at head, tell the person, listen, give your heart to God. Live a basic life and stop always looking for a better job. Because as they, as they get a better job, they also upgrade their standard of living. no mistake. You see, the God of this world is wise. Satan is very wise. And we are wise to obey every single instruction that God has given to us through his servant or through his son Jesus Christ and his servants. Whatever God says is true. Let's believe it. Say, love not the world. Just don't, you must always preach your first scripture that you should put in the church before you start preaching. Love not the world. Neither the things that are in the world. Of all that is in the world is not of God. The pride of life, last of the eyes, and the last of the flesh. You, you, you must always make your people, they must know it. Because as Christians, we are not called to love the world. We are called to love God. And love our neighbor. Not the world and the things that the world has to offer. And the greatest expression of love for your neighbor is to make sure their, their soul will not be lost because the price of the soul is far higher than the gain of the whole world. That was the maths or that was the uh, 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 business comparison that Jesus did. So what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Or what profit shall a man make if he should gain the whole world and lose his soul? You get it? So if you love me, the greatest thing you can do for me is to show me where my soul can be kept safe. <laughs> Not to show me where I can get a lot of money. Because the gain of the whole world does not compare to the value of my soul. So if you will show me the place of safety, the place of storage of my soul, you have done me the greatest good. Amen. And if, if you start, you see, if we start doing the right things, if we start doing the right thing, your members, you say, listen, you've been in church for a long time. You can preach. When I started preaching, I was not like you. Go and start a church. And I tell you, when they go and start a church, not long, you will have people that will be with them. People who would come to Jesus Christ because of them. They don't know what to preach. Don't worry. Just give them your messages at the stage where you were. Say, listen to my message when I was like you. These are the messages I was preaching. You also preach it. Listen to it 10 times, 20 times and preach it. That which thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men. Yeah. You say, ah, but why can you not? Shut up. Listen, this is the way. This is the way. Stop arguing and just do what you must do. How many of you are pastors of like churches here? Just give me a wave. Yeah, I'm just speaking to you. Pastors of churches. Yeah, that's it. Don't let, don't, don't see your members as a crowd that will gather to make you feel good. See them as a group of people that you are training as an army to release them into the field to harvest. Because the harvest is plenty, but the laborers are few. Your prayer as a pastor is, Lord, 
Raise laborers from among my people. Raise laborers. Raise laborers that will do your will, that you will send forth into your harvest field. As I make them disciples, you make them laborers. Yeah. Because he said we should go and make disciples. But when we needed laborers, he said, pray ye the Lord of the harvest that he may send forth laborers. So you make them disciplined followers of Christ, obedient followers of Christ, and he will call them into the field. Hallelujah. And then you will find out, please help me with some of the books. You will find out that, the anointing series, you will find out that as they set out to go, as you send them away, you teach them about the need for anointing. Because Jesus said, don't go anywhere until you have received the promise of the Father. You shall be endowed with power from on high. Then you shall be witnesses unto me. So you teach them about anointing. About anointing. You see, that's what I'm saying. That unless you are willing to do the work of God, most of these materials, you will, not, you will never value them. Because you see, I can tell you that yes, I started like this. I remember when I took over it, I was tasked with the responsibility of handling the church. Uh, here am I, a pastor, but a doctor working up and down. Uh, I've never pastored a church before. And all of a sudden, I have to pastor a church. I think there were about, we were about 140 students or so. It's finished. And when they come back, the church comes back. This is a church. This is a church I had to pastor. And you know, when you're an assistant pastor, you preach once a while when the pastor is not there. So you have a lot of quiet time to select from. You know, you've had a lot of messages that you've listened to so you can compile them. Do you get it? And preach your best. But when you have to preach every day, you get it? It's not easy. And sometimes you have to learn how to divide the little bread you have. You, you, you share half this Sunday and you share the next half. So in those days, there was not technology as it is now where messages are preached and then you are able to get it. So when I was coming to South Africa, I'm a, I don't know, but I think God also, when he calls you, he, he makes you like certain things that naturally without knowing what you are doing. I think when, we, when you don't even know that he has called you, he's actually preparing you and making you prepare for your calling. Because, you know, I'm a person who... Even when I'm in the service, because I was most of the time I was always in the service because I was the one cleaning the place and arranging the chairs and closing. So I never visited other churches. I was always in the church. But I also always bought the messages. And the buying of my messages, I was not buying them one one. I arranged with the guy in the media. And I said, Brother, you know what? This I know they sell the tapes. Like, this is how much we sell it in church. But I'm going to buy the, my own tapes. And then you do the message for me. This one is brother to brother. We, say we, are, work, we, are, workers, we are workers in the church. 
So sometimes I'll go and buy about two boxes of those days TDK cassette. Now, if you don't know, you don't worry. It's a thing. It was something that, yeah. Don't worry, don't worry. I'm not saying, I'm not insulting you. It's it's a a type of something. So I'll go and buy it, and then he will do it for me. So when I came to South Africa, I I, and I came with a lot of them, so I had a pack of them. And so when I took over the church as a pastor and I started preaching, I would take the message. And you know, sometimes you have part one, part two, then you can't find part three. Because sometimes, you see, they have a holders. So maybe you take, you listen, but when you are putting it back, you've mixed it. So it's like you have part one and part three. You know, so, but you have to manage, you have to learn to join them together. So I'll listen to the message, I'll preach, I'll listen and listen. And you know, sometimes when you are listening to go and preach, just as the scripture is mentioned, then your mind goes off. So you didn't hear the scripture that was mentioned. And you have to rewind, but you must be very careful what you, your your thing, because when you press rewind, it will chew the tape. So you always have to have not just a pen. There's a big, a big, the, the, the multi-sided pen that can fit into it. Then you roll it, you roll it, roll it. Then sometimes you discover that you have rolled it too much. But they say, okay, you play it like that. Then, but do you know, as I was listening to the preachings and preaching them, what I didn't know was that I was practicing this. catch the anointing. You see, I was practicing this. Catch the anointing. How through listening to preaching you can become anointed. Just listen. Because the words that I speak, they are spirit and they are life. So as you are hearing, hearing, before you realize you are talking like the person, before you realize your example and your understanding is like the person. I didn't know how it happened. But I realized that, ah, there were times now when maybe I do my quiet time and I get some small revelation and I preach. Then I hear Bishop preach and he's also preaching along the same lines. I say, ah, then I'm saying it, not knowing the spirit is there. It is a spirit. It is a spirit. And the church started to grow. Different. I mean, Oh, before I realized the church, I'm doing four services, three services in the morning, and one evening service, leader service. And the leader service, Sunday evening, is always packed. You see, that's what I'm trying to say that if you have a certain mind to obey God, you would find out that all that you, you will be doing things that doesn't look anything in the eyes of the public but actually you will discover that you are doing something great that will provide all your needs so what happens, you see by obeying God and planting churches raising the people to serve God and go and start churches before you realize, when you don't need to preach about money to have money 
That, that's the thing. You don't need to preach about money all the time or preach the people into money, 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 money to have money because you are doing what is right. So as the churches are starting, you are preaching the pure gospel. People, do you know that? Do you know that people like the pure gospel? Look, it's, it's, I, 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 sometimes I get surprised. People actually like the truth of the, the message, the truth. They like it, and that's what they want. So you have people who, will, if, if your church, you are preaching the word, pure salvation, walking with God, obedience to the word, serving the Lord with your life, as you are preaching it, you'll be surprised that God has prepared for himself a people that he has called who will like it. So what is going to happen to you is that you will be attracting the people that God has prepared for you. Who would come and join you in the service that God has placed on you. You get people, because Bishop for years, he's been preaching the same thing. The same thing. As you listen to the messages way back, what he said 1990, 1991, he's saying the same thing. He has not changed. And he's always going higher and higher because by being obedient to God and by being found faithful, God brings to him the people that he, God, has predestined for his kingdom. And you see, when there are people that God has brought to him, they stay. Because Jesus said, when, when the disciples told Jesus that pe- the people, that after you preach that hard message, the people have gone. Jesus said, no one can come to me except God draws him. So if they are going, they have not been drawn. The people that are drawn will stay no matter what I say. Are you, are you getting what I'm saying? So I'm, I'm trying to encourage us to do the right thing for God to bless us. Because I tell you, I mean, if you ask me, I've never seen any vision like an angel. Oh, please. No, no. If you want a preacher that is without any of these things, an ordinary preacher, it's me. Mm-hmm. That's why I don't know how to jump and how to <laughs> preach like a preacher. I don't know how to do it. I try to do it. I just. It's, uh, it's so what will happen is that what will happen is that once you send them out, the need for them to be anointed starts. You see, when the person, the anointing is for service. The anointing is for service. So unless you are serving, you will not have the anointing and you will not even find the need for the anointing. The anointing is for service. So when you send the people into the field, then they will discover that they need to be anointed. And the Lord by his spirit would even talk to them. Because most people don't do their quiet time. 
But as you give them a responsibility that demands of them to always share the word of God, God will give them messages which speaks to them first (laughs) before it speaks to the people. So what happens is that by constantly hearing what they themselves are saying, they are convicted to do what is right, to give them the boldness to say what is right. So soon, you'll find that the people themselves begin to seek anointing. And they begin to actually unknowingly engage themselves in things that bring anointing. Reading, they start to pray. You see, now, I'm starting not a new church, but like I'm going back to my roots, to our first love, where it was mainly students. So the people that I'm focusing on now mainly is pure students. So as I see them, I'm beginning to go back to basics and to start doing the basic things, prayer and things. So it's like we are now beginning. You see, the new work that I'm starting is bringing me to do what I'm supposed to be doing all the time which is prayer and teaching the truth of the gospel. Yeah. Because these people, they are young children. I need to teach them faith. I need to teach them obedience to the word, reading the Bible, praying, and even teaching, teaching songs. All of it again. And I discovered that it is actually for my good. Because what you are rewarded for is to be found by your master faithfully doing that which was committed or is expected of you. Normally, 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 when you don't continue to do what you have to do, like as in go ye and constantly moving, a time comes when the real thing, the real message, it changes. Because it is hard to preach to some, if you have 200 members or 300 members that are all born again, they've been in church for the past eight years. They know all your message on baptism of the Holy Spirit, baptism of water, uh, the, the, the resurrection, salvation, and all this. So they know everything. But you also know that now they are beginning to have a lot of marital problems. So now your sermons will change from the gospel of Christ to how to live happily ever after. (laughs) You see, that is when you will start teaching the five languages of love. And then you start saying, everybody have their love language. I disagree with that. Everybody has their love language. No. The definition of love is in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. That should be your language. That, that's the definition of love. And I, 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 my wife can't tell me that 
you must love me the way I want to be loved. I will love you the way the Bible says I must love you. If you don't like, go. I'll love you. This is the way the Bible says I must love you. I'm going to, this is my standard. This is my yardstick. Love is patient. Am I patient with you? No. Okay, then I have to be patient with you. Love is kind. Am I kind to you? Half and half. I must increase the percentage. Uh, do I vaunt myself against you uh, every now and then? Okay, I must eliminate the every now and then and make it never to happen. Am I, uh, what, are, what are the other Beareth all things, so I must increase in my bearing of your things I don't like. I suffered long. I'm patient with you. I endure all things. So, you see, that, those are the things I must be doing. Not telling me that when you wear a dress and I don't say it's nice, it doesn't mean, it means I don't love you. Oh, please, come on. You've gone to do your hair, so what? You have been doing your hair every day. I mean, if you've done it, if it's not nice, I'll tell you. If I don't say anything, it's nice. (laughs) You see, you see, you see how we easily deviate and are found unfaithful because we don't continue the basic instruction of go. The people that are sitting there. You see, if, if, if you were to do the right thing, even if you, the senior pastor, are not going, but you are always sending, you will always be having new people. So your message of salvation, of how to be a Christian, would never need to be changed. But because the people are changing. Because the people are changing. You are sending them out to go and start churches. So those who heard you five years ago will not be sitting there five years on. You will have a new set of people with a few leaders who will just be pillars to hold the new people and to train them and to send them out. So by your simple obedience, by your simple obedience of doing what Christ said we should do, before you realize, before they are burying you, you have about 200 churches that came because you, 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 you preached. And it doesn't take long to have 200 churches existing because of you. Oh no, it doesn't take long. Then you teach them that it is not by might nor by power, but by my spirit. So they need the anointing. That's when you begin to use the, teach them anointing or get them to read books on anointing. And that is when the subject of loyalty becomes very essential. You see, by sending them you even read, when you read the books on loyalty, you even understand it. Secondly, as you send them, they themselves also begin to understand their loyalty message. They themselves begin to understand. So they stay faithful. You see, Bishop doesn't need to say much to me about loyalty. I, I can, I'm experiencing this loyalty, so I know what it feels like. Do you get it? I know what it feels like. So, in fact, when I see him, I admire him. I admire that. Hey, so Bishop, how are you able to look after all of us, including the ones I'm looking after? So when you start, you see, have you realized that children, when they grow up and they have children, they start agreeing with their father. 
Are you with me? That is when also you will find these books very essential. What it means to, be a, to become a shepherd. Do you get it? Because you start, your mind is on the great commission. Go ye into the world and you are determined to be faithful. So when the people sit there, you are looking for people to send. So you start training them that you must be a shepherd, a carer of people. What does it mean? What it entails? The different components. You have to learn how to utilize your time well so that you can combine your working as whatever you are working and also be a Christian. And please don't, don't ever, let me say this to those of you that are pastors. The hard-working people in your church are actually the people that you must earmark to do the work of God. Let me put it this way. The people that seem to be rising in the secular world, i.e., this person is an accountant in this corporation, this person is an architect here, and they are the people that you must get their minds to work for God. Yes. Why am I saying that? Because, you see, the world and the system of the world wants to destroy everybody and make everybody useless. These people have resisted the temptation to be useless and have become something even according to the world. In other words, they have in them the ability to survive and to overcome enticement and following foolish things. Because, you see, the lawyer that passes out as a lawyer has other children that they started off life with who are nothing. Because those children, when they started off, were following the enticements that the world brought to them towards to their flesh. And so they didn't give attention to the books. But these ones, in spite of all the enticement, focused on the books. So what it is is that they have in them a God-given ability that makes them focus and pursue what is right. Now, if you get such people, or if you have, if you train such people into the ministry, they will bear much fruit. Because by nature, they are disciplined. And to be anointed, you need to be disciplined. To stay indoors and to read and to pray. By nature, you need to say no to whatever is saying come. So you find out that the people that are professionals and like are disciplined or somebody who is nothing in terms of schooling but has been able to start a business and maintain it and grow the business. Such people are the people that must work for God when they sit in your church. You must teach them the wisdom of God and show them that they can still do something. Now, what happens with such people is that even their two hours accomplishes a lot. Because, you see, they are, they are disciplined. They are also intelligent. They, are, they have a character that... Listen, Satan doesn't favor anybody. If you enter the world, it's like... It's, because his job, as described by Jesus, is to steal, to kill, and to destroy so he doesn't give reward anybody. Whether you work for him or you don't work for him, 
His work still kill and destroy. He doesn't discriminate. You are for me, you are against me. No, no, no. Everybody must be finished. So these people that have been able to withstand all the tendencies to be made useless and have overcome and are something, these people have a quality that the kingdom of God must use. And when God brings them to you, don't preach them into the world. Preach them to God. Yeah. The pastors that understand this wisdom are making use of these people. I said the pastors that understand this wisdom are making use of these people. They don't preach these people into work. They preach them to serve God. And they are able to combine their work and the service of God. Yeah. There are some churches that are noted for that. You find them, they are pastors, I mean architects, lawyers, bankers, and things. And almost all of them have big churches. Because, you see, a leader, they, they, they have, they, you see, such people have been able to lead themselves. You see, they've been able to lead themselves so they can lead others. And they lead well. And normally, when you have a good leader, people will follow. So these are the people that you must actually, as a pastor, you must really pray to God that, and you see, you such people, you don't preach messages that, that makes them love the world. You preach messages that are the gospel. You preach a man's life that does not consist in the abundance of things he possesses. These are Jesus' words. You preach that if any man will keep his life, he shall lose it. But if you lose his life for my sake and for the gospel's sake, you shall. these are the messages you should be preaching to them. And I tell you, they have in them the capacity to do extra. Because I, I'm a, I was a doctor. Or I'm still a doctor. And I came and I took over the church and I was working as a doctor, full-time doctor. Sometimes going on calls many times. And yet I was able to build a church and to pastor it. And to do many services and to raise pastors to train them. You can ask them. Because I have in me that ability. If Bishop had preached us into serving money, I wouldn't be standing here. But you see, because he, he takes no exception to like somebody cannot serve God. Everybody can serve God. And his messages are clear. Kill yourself for Jesus. Serve the Lord with your life. It is a great thing. It is a great thing. Give me, give me someone. It is a great. It is a great thing to serve the Lord. Whether as a student, whether as a worker, whoever you are, it is a great thing to serve the Lord. And he even wrote a book on lay people and the ministry. You see, so these are the messages that we hear. And people become what they hear. The reason why some of you speak Zulu is because you have been hearing Zulu. If you were born in China, you will be speaking Yeah. Where's the lady born in the ministry? Do you get it? If you were born in China, as black African as you may be, 
he will be speaking fluent Chinese with a Chinese accent. You may not have the eyes, but you have the voice. You may not have the eyes, but you have the voice. Yeah. Have you not noticed that the children that are born in those American things, as black as they are, they start speaking like white people. They speak through their nose. You can't hear them. What they are saying. Hallelujah. Just that the black people, our nose, it's not big enough to make loud sound. <laughs> Hallelujah. Look, I'm not joking. I'm preaching. I'm seriously preaching. I'm you know, sometimes you think I'm joking, but I'm seriously making a point. I'm very serious. Do you get it? Now, so what it is like, these people, you preach them. And that, that must be your message. You see, the message of Christ must be your message. It doesn't matter who is sitting in front of you. Christ's message never changes according to who is sitting in front of you. And you see, when you preach people the right message, they become the right type. I'm showing you, these, these are the messages we've been hearing. Of. Lay people in the ministry. In other words, as a lay person, as a student, as a worker, whatever you, as a wife, as a husband, you still can serve God. Amen. You can be a cell leader. You can be whatever, a group of sales leaders. People, don't stop this thing of hey, me, my wife, and my family, we are happy. And you see some of you pastors, this Sunday afternoon, 12 o'clock lunch that you have, you must stop. It will, it will make you prosper. Let me tell you something. The world has taught us that the things of God, you do it for a small time. And we have also believed it. So in almost every home, when somebody goes to church and stays the whole day in church, they ask, what are you doing? What have you been doing? Meanwhile, when they go to their boyfriend and they stay the whole day, the whole night, and stay three days, they don't ask them, what are you doing? you need six years to learn six years of Monday to Friday almost the whole year with short short breaks to learn about the human body even that you are not able to learn all how much more about the God who created the human body You see, and unless we resist the imposition of how we must serve God by the world on us, unless we resist it, we will be ineffective. We'll be very ineffective. Because you need training, you need teaching. Sunday is the day you are available for now. I accept it. But I'm going to take all 
and teach you and have meetings upon meetings until the fire in you ignites. You see, when the fire ignites in you, I will not ask you for Sunday. You will give me Sunday. You will give me Wednesday. You will give me Thursday. You will give me Friday. As for your Saturday, I can have it. Yeah. You will not say that you have had a baby, so you sit at home three months before you come to church. One week, you are in church. Yeah. And you are busy serving the Lord. Yeah. That's the thing. But most of us, you see, we don't... Let me say this to you. You have a people, when they get born again, their mind must be renewed. Now, renewing somebody's mind needs a lot of long periods of contact. I mean, some of you guys who have tried to get a lady who is not really in favor for you. You know, I'm not talking about the one that is having a crush on you. Because the one that is having a crush on you, you are the one who must be careful and run away before she even... She even crushes you. Yes, I you are welcome. Do you get it? Thank you. Let me see that. Bishop, you're welcome. Do you get it? Please be seated. The one that is having a crush on you, 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 you don't need much contact and much talking. But the one that doesn't like you and that you are trying, you need a long, frequent period of contact to be able to work her mind in your favor. Do you get it? In a similar way, most people that get born again have had contact with the devil and the system of the world so long that their minds are very worldly and it must be renewed. Now, you are not going to renew somebody's mind by casual, occasional contact. You are not going to do that. You need a long period of regular contact. And when you had the contact, it, it must, I mean, if you are chasing a girl who is, doesn't like you and all you have once in a week is 30 minutes to talk to her and the 30 minutes, I mean, 17 minutes, there are people around. And everybody is talking. And some of the people are even getting their attention. Before finally, you, you use about 18 minutes to get everybody off. Before you begin to talk to them, 12 minutes, you have, you have to go. And, and you see, for your first five, six minutes, all your questions, it's like, okay, yes, no. If you are not brave, you won't break through. Now, you see, that's the same thing. Listen, listen, listen. That is the same thing with Christians who get born again. We need to get, we, we must accept that there is a lot of work to be done. And therefore, keeping them for a long time is essential. So if you are not going to get them on Tuesdays to come to church on Wednesday and others, and you have them Sunday, let them understand, teach them, explain to them that you, to get anything good from God, you must spend time 
important. That is the only way you can train them and bring up out of them disciples that are willing to serve God with their lives. But most of us pastors, Sunday, 12 o'clock, I mean, my wife was saying sometimes, ah, oh, no, it was when we were organizing this conference, some churches, they say they close at 12. You get there at 12.30 and the, the gates are locked. Where is your pastoral care? Where is your training sessions? Of course, you see, your mind is not on obeying the Great Commission. That is why training has not become essential for you. But if your mind is on obeying the Great Commission, you would realize that I have to train the people. So Sunday, when we finish the service, then you meet those that you are training and you have meetings upon meetings till late. You wouldn't be rushing to go and have lunch to be a good husband. By the way, there's no crown for marriage in heaven. Do you get it? It doesn't mean I don't have a good marriage, but I'm telling you just in case. And my wife is not here, so I can say. But even, even when she's here, I say it to her. Ah, and she knows it, Bishop. She knows it. That she has so far not found a verse that they, they shall have a crown for good marriage. And most of you that, in the name of good marriage, we are having lunch with our children. You are all doing so many other things that is not to be mentioned in church. It's just pretense. So let us, listen, let us really fight some of these things that the enemy is imposing on us. Because by accepting it, it's limiting our ability to get the people to renew their minds. Because if you are reading a book, it is a great thing to serve the Lord. It is a great thing to serve the Lord. Look, sooner than later, the person will rise up to serve the Lord. The person will rise up and say, I can do something. If you are reading a book, many are called. The person will say, hey, I, mean, I never thought God would call me, but I, when I look at the list of the people that God used, I think some of them, I can say I'm better than them. So, I mean, I should stop disqualifying myself. At least I can try something. At least I'm not a harlot. I mean, I'm not, I'm not officially registered. You see, I do it part-time. But not, not, I don't have a company. Do you get it? I don't have a company. I mean, mine is home, home, home base. As against Rahab. Who was known in town. I mean, I do just one or two, one or two here and there. As and when the need arises. So if, if, if it's domestic, it's not commercial. <laughs> Hallelujah. So you start teaching them, many are called. Failures are called. Fearful people are called. I mean, unworthy people. People who go for adapt people's own that is even registered. I mean, listen, David, eh, 
the question I always ask is, was Bathsheba the first one? Or was Bathsheba the only one? Because I get the feeling that I mean, what did the people know about him for them to think of the test they thought of when they wanted to check whether the guy was dying? I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm, not, I'm, I'm just, it's a thought. Do you get it? But even this guy, God said, I have found me a servant, a man after my own heart. So if David is there, oh, I, I think I can be there. I mean, I've seen people dying, but never have I seen such a test. <laughs> the test is not food to eat that he doesn't eat, but a woman, and when he did not move, it was said. What did they know about him that, that we have not been told? Could they not assume that maybe he's born again? <laughs> Hallelujah. Wonderful. We want to get ready for Bishop. Let's rise to our feet. Okay.